Hey, Mickey. How you doing? Good. Pleasure to be here with you today. My name is Chuck O'Neill. I'm from Portland, Oregon. We've come down here this week to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Been preaching mainly in Burbank until now, although we were in the abortion clinic this morning. I've got good news. A baby's precious life was rescued at the abortion clinic this morning. A mother and father came to murder their baby and they heard the word of God, specifically the law of God, thou shalt not murder. And their consciences were revived. And they walked into the clinic, having premeditated the murder of their baby. There was a great weight upon them. Their guilt was upon them because they had to work hard to suppress the truth and unrighteousness. They had to work hard to get up the gumption to go to an abortion clinic and take the life of their beautiful unborn baby boy or girl. But praise God, the ministry of the Word of God renewed their minds and restored their conscience. And they came quickly back out of the abortion clinic. And the father's name is Mario. If you're a Christian, I exhort you to pray for Mario because Mario just chose life for his baby about two hours ago. And he and his girlfriend left the abortion clinic, went home, holding hands, loving each other, and loving their unborn child. So I'm here today to testify that the ministry of the Word of God changes lives. The ministry of the Word of God. Do you know what the Scriptures say about the Scriptures? They say that faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. And just this morning outside the abortion clinic preaching the Word of God, we saw a young man turn back from premeditated murder and choose life for his child. And they left the clinic with a beautiful baby, boy or girl, in the mother's womb. Instead of leaving the clinic in a wheelchair as murderers before a holy God, guilty, guilty before God, they left as a mother and father. And that's good news, my friends. That's good news. And so I encourage you, my friends, to hear the Word of God, whether it's being preached in your local church or whether it's being preached out of the streets today or whether you're in your own living room I encourage you to open up the word of God and to read it because the scriptures make you wise for salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus that's what 2 Timothy 3.15 says and then they also the scriptures also do this they make you complete thoroughly equipped for every good work you see without the word of God we're not ready for eternity Without the Word of God, we're not ready to stand before God, our Creator, holy, 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 to give an account for our lives. Without the Word of God, friends, we're going to die in our sins. 
God has given us the Scriptures that we might know Him, that we might love Him, that we might come to repentance and faith in Jesus Christ and be forgiven of sin. What an amazing gift the Word of God is. What an amazing gift. There's all sorts of trinkets available for you out here today. All sorts of things you can buy to take home as souvenirs. But friends, I exhort you, get a hold of the Word of God. Get your hands on the Holy Scriptures and get the Holy Scriptures in your heart and in your mind. For they are a gift from God. They are God's revelation of Himself that you might know Him, that you might love Him, that you might serve Him. That you might be saved, friends. Saved. Saved from what, you might ask? What would the Holy Scriptures save me from? What would the Bible save me from? It would save you from a holy God. The holy God. Your holy God. Your Creator. The Word of God says in Psalm chapter 7, verse 11, that God is a just judge. And He is angry with the wicked every day. Because God is just, He is angry with the wicked. Even as you watch the evening news, and from time to time you see an atrocity on the evening news, and you feel this sense of justice, that something must be done. That's evil. Something must be done. Well, friends, I'm here to assure you from the Word of God, Psalm 711, that something is going to be done. God is a just judge, and He is angry with the wicked every day. Every injustice will be righted. Every evil will receive its due penalty because God is a just judge and He is angry with the wicked every day. And He's not just a just judge and He's not just angry with the wicked every day. He's omnipotent. He's all-powerful. The just judge who is angry with our wicked sins is all-powerful. So He is able to hold us accountable. He is fully able to hold us accountable for our evil deeds, and He will, my friends, He will. As Hebrews, in God's Word, Hebrews 9, chapter 9, verse 27, it says, It is appointed unto man once to die, and after this, the judgment. That's an appointment we're all going to keep. The Word of God has assured us, and God's Word is true, my friends, it's true. The Word of God assures us, it is appointed unto man once to die, and after this, the judgment. We're all going to keep our appointment. Miss, you're going to keep your appointment. Sir, you're going to keep your appointment. Ma'am, you're going to keep your appointment. You can cancel a dentist appointment. You can cancel a doctor appointment. But friends, it is appointed unto man once to die. And after this, the judgment. You will not cancel that appointment. You will breathe your last breath. Your heart will beat its last beat. And you will stand before God and give an account for your life and your sin, my friends, your sin. And you'll find that your sin has found you out. For God is omnipotent, so He's able to call you to account. He is just. He will call you to account for your sin. But He's also omniscient. He's omniscient. Your God, your Creator. Your Creator is omniscient. He knows everything and He forgets nothing. He's omniscient. And so your God, the just God, the just judge, is omnipotent. He's all-powerful. Therefore, He's able to hold you accountable. And He will hold you accountable. It's appointed on the man once to die and after this, the judgment. But He's also omniscient. He knows all things and He forgets nothing. 
And so on that day, as Hebrews 9.27 warns you, it's appointed unto man once to die, and after this the judgment. On that day you are called to account. On that day you stand before your Creator and give an account for your life of sin, friends. On that day, books will be opened, and your evil deeds will be laid before the Lord Almighty, your judge. And He will judge with justice, my friends, absolute justice. And the bad news for sinners like you and I, for we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Thus saith the Word of God. And the wage of sin is death. Romans 3.23, Romans 6.23. We have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And the wage of sin, the eternal wage of sin is eternal death. In a real place called hell. Let me give you a handy list of those sins that God will hold us accountable for. From Revelation chapter 21, verse 8, it says, But the cowardly, unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Friends, you and I are all in that list. We are all in that list of sinners who will stand before a holy God and give an account, sir. We're all on the list, man. Praise God. Unless you're in Jesus. <laughs> and then Christ has paid your debts. How do you get out of the list of those who will abide under the wrath of God in hell? Again, the list, Revelation 21, verse 8. But the cowardly, unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone. Friends, we're all in that list. We have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The question is, how do you get out of that list? Is it possible to get out of that list? And I have good news for you today. Good news. You can get off that list. You can come out from under the condemnation of God. You can be saved. Through repentance of sin and faith in Jesus Christ. In fact, that was Jesus' first message in Mark's Gospel, chapter 1, verse 15. He said, repent and believe the Gospel, or you'll not see the kingdom of heaven. Well, friends, you must repent. You must see your sin as God sees it. You must turn from your sin and believe the Gospel. Believe that Jesus, fully God, fully man, born of the Virgin Mary, was crucified for sinners, was buried, and resurrected on the third day, conquering sin and death. Friends, that's the good news of the gospel, that you can be saved. You can be saved through repentance and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, my friends, is your Lord. He is your King. The only question is, is will He be your Savior? If you bend your knee to Him and confess Him as your Lord and King, He will save your soul and remove your sins as far as the East is from the West. Never to be mentioned again. Your sins covered with the blood of the Lamb. Forever and ever and ever. Hell forever shut to you. Heaven forever open to you. Through the work, the saving work of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus, fully God, fully man. Born of the Virgin Mary, crucified for sinners, buried and resurrected on the third day. He is the only Savior of sinners. And friends, we are all sinners. So you must flee to the Savior. Flee to the Savior. 
and find salvation in Him. In Acts, in the book of Acts, chapter 4, verse 12, it says, Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which you must be saved. That's 4, verse 12. Nor is there salvation in any other. Friends, there's no salvation from the penalty of sin called hell, eternal damnation, eternal conscious judgment. There's no salvation from hell except through Jesus Christ. Nor is there salvation in any other. Acts chapter 4 verse 12. What's that mean? What are the ramifications of that? That means there's no salvation through Buddha. That means there's no salvation through Krishna. That means there's no salvation through Shiva. That means there's no salvation through Allah the false god of the false prophet Muhammad. That means there's no salvation through the idol of Rome, the Roman Catholic Church, that wafer and that cup that they claim is the transubstantiated Christ called out of heaven to be eaten and drank for justification. Friends, that's an idol, that's a false Christ that cannot save you. The true Christ finished his work upon the cross. He said, to tell us die in Greek, which means it is finished. It is finished. And he bowed his head, and he gave up his spirit. And then he ascended to sit at the right hand of the Father. And there he remains seated at the right hand of the Father as the one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. 1 Timothy 2.15 Jesus Christ is the one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. Mary cannot mediate for you. Your priest cannot mediate for you. Your mother and father cannot mediate for you. I certainly cannot mediate for you. But Jesus Christ can. Jesus Christ, fully God, fully man, born of the Virgin Mary, crucified for sinners, buried and resurrected on the third day, conquering sin and death on behalf of every man, woman, and child who will repent and confess Him as Lord. Oh, friends, Acts chapter 4, verse 12 says, Nor is there salvation in any other. There's no salvation in your church. There's no salvation in any false religion of this world. All the false religions are due religions. What we try to do to earn heaven, to earn peace with God. All false religions are the broad road that leads to destruction. Things that you do to try to make peace with God. Christianity alone, true biblical Christianity alone, is the dumb religion. Christ has done it all. Jesus has done it all. It is finished. He alone has paid the sin debt. And He has paid it in full. He has paid it in full, my friends. It is finished. If you flee from your sin to Jesus Christ in faith, Friends, your sins are removed as far as the east is from the west. Never to be brought up again. You are forever a child of God. You will forever have entrance into heaven as a child of God. Heaven's gates forever open to you. Hell forever shut to you through faith in Jesus Christ, my friends. Oh man, you need Jesus. You stick your tongue out to the gospel of Jesus Christ. You blaspheme the Lord Jesus. Your only hope of salvation. Turn from your sin, ma'am. Turn from your blasphemy. Turn to Jesus Christ. The woman just gave the middle finger to the gospel of Jesus Christ. How tragic that is. How tragic for you, ma'am. Turn from your sin. Turn from your hatred of your God, your Creator, and the only Savior, the fullest manifestation of the love of God, Jesus the Christ. 
he who had no sin, who took upon himself the sins of others, to bear their eternal penalty upon that cross. The Lord Jesus didn't just suffer in the flesh, wounds in his hands, and wounds in his feet, and that wound in his side. The Lord Jesus most certainly suffered in his flesh. But friends, he suffered the eternal wrath of Almighty God the Father on that cross six hours, one Friday, 2,000 years ago. He took eternity's wrath on behalf of all those who will repent. Because Jesus is fully God and fully man, He, the eternal Son of God, can take eternity's wrath on behalf of anyone who flees to Him in faith. He, being fully man, can be our sufficient substitute, can die in our place. He being a man without spot or blemish, a man who fulfilled the law of God perfectly, who never sinned. He came in the likeness of men and yet without sin. Thus he could be our spotless Lamb of God. Thus he could take upon himself our sins and pay our iniquities. Oh friends, this is the amazing love of God. Don't disdain the love of God. Don't reject the love of God. Don't deny the love of God. And certainly don't blaspheme the love of God to sinful mankind through Jesus Christ as that woman just did, giving the name of Jesus the middle finger. Oh, how tragic for her. Friends, you must understand, whether you actually take your hand and form the middle finger to Jesus Christ, or whether you simply walk by in life apathetic to Jesus, continuing in your sin, you must understand that every sin is the middle finger to God. Every sin, my friends. Every single sin is cosmic treason. Every time we defy God, deny God, blaspheme God, break God's laws, like thou shalt not murder. You know, 1.6 billion babies have been murdered in the womb since 1980, globally. 1.6 billion babies, and we call it choice. That's not choice, it's genocide. We're a murderous culture because we love our sexual immorality and we don't want to be held accountable for our sexual immorality. And children are so inconvenient, we think, so we murder the child so we can continue our life of self-love and sexual immorality. Thus, 1.6 billion children have been murdered. I talk to a lot of people about heaven and hell. And the most, the most often answer is this. If I was to die today, I'd go to heaven, they say. It's not like I ever murdered anyone. And yet, friends, we are a murderous culture. We call it choice, but it's genocide. It's genocide, friends, and you must repent. If you, if you participated in the premeditated murder of an unborn child, friends, out of love for you, out of love for you, I counsel you, I urge you, repent, repent, repent. Turn from your sin. Turn from your murder. Confess it for what it is and flee to the Savior of sinners. Flee to Jesus Christ. There is mercy in Jesus Christ. There is forgiveness in Jesus Christ. There is hope in Jesus Christ. But you must repent. You must see your sin as God sees it. Hate it and turn from it. Not deny it. Not suppress it. But repent of it, friends. Repent and confess Jesus Christ as Lord. And you shall be saved. You shall be saved, friends. Oh, won't you turn from your sin today? Won't you turn from lies? Won't you turn from lust? 
Won't you turn from hate? Won't you turn from blasphemy? Won't you turn from murder? Do you know you don't actually have to kill someone to be guilty of murder before a holy God? The Lord Jesus, in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 5, verse 26, He said this, You have heard that it was said to those of old, You shall not murder, and whoever murders shall be in danger of the judgment. But I say to you, said Jesus, I say to you, he who is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of judgment. And he who says, you fool, shall be in danger of hell fire. You see, God doesn't just judge our deeds, the deeds of our hands. He judges our thoughts and the intents of our hearts. And Jeremiah 17, 9 says, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Why do people murder other people? Why do men murder other men? Oh, friends, because there's murder in their hearts. And so my counsel to you, friends, is repent. Repent of your sin. Turn to Jesus Christ. Confess Him as Lord and be saved. Be saved, friends. Saved to the uttermost. Saved from eternal wrath. Saved to eternal heaven, eternal love. Beneath God, your Father. Oh, friends, won't you repent today? Won't you turn from sin today? Won't you cry out to God today to save you? Won't you cry out, What must I do to be saved? As the men and women in Acts chapter 2 cried out, What must I do to be saved? You know what you could do to be saved? You could call on Spider-Man, because he saves people. You could call on Superman, because he saves people. Right? They save people. That's what makes superheroes so awesome. Superheroes are fun. The problem is, they don't really exist. Although they're, they're fun. They're fun. Yeah. But they can't save you. They can't save you from your sin, my friends. And the wage of sin is death. And judgment is coming for all of us. Hebrews 9.27 It is appointed unto man once to die. After this, the judgment. The judgment is coming. Whether it comes in the form of a bus or a car or as an old man or woman in your bed, judgment is coming as it comes in the form of coronavirus or a terrorist attack. Judgment is coming. It's appointed unto man and what? To die. And after this, the judgment. It's coming for all of us, friends. I hope it comes for you a long time from now. But none of us are guaranteed a long life. Cancer takes young people. It takes middle-aged people. It takes old people. Car accidents take young people. Middle-aged people, old people, you don't know the day or hour you're going to be called to give an account for your life. You don't know. But this you do know. There is a day and there is an hour you're going to be called to give an account for your life of sin. That you know. Friends, the statistic is one for one. Every man, woman, and child will die. And they will stand before God their Creator. If you stand outside of the grace and mercy of God through faith in Jesus Christ, you already stand condemned. You're already condemned, my friends. As John 3.36 says in John's Gospel, chapter 3, verse 36, it says, He who believes in the Son has everlasting life. Even now, you possess even everlasting life. He who believes in the Son has everlasting life. That's amazing good news, is it not? He who believes, she who believes, anyone who believes in the Son has 
everlasting life. But friends, if you have not believed in the, in the Son, hear this, the second half of the verse, again John 3.36, He who believes in the Son has everlasting life. He who does not believe in the Son shall not see life. But the wrath of God abides upon him. Oh friends, that's terrifying. John 3.36 is either amazing good news, called Amazing Grace, right? The song, Amazing Grace, I speak the sound that saved the wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see Amazing Grace. John 3.36 is either Amazing Grace, Amazing Good News, because he who believes in the Son has everlasting life, or it's terrifying, because he who does not believe in the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides upon him. God's Holy Word. John's Gospel, chapter 3, verse 36. Where do you stand, my friends? Where do you stand? Do you stand in one category or the other? You're either forgiven under the mercy and grace of God. You either have life through Jesus Christ, or friends, you're already under the wrath of God. Your sin has already found you out. You're one breath. You're one heartbeat. You're one moment from eternal hell. Out of love for you, my friends, out of love for you, I counsel you, flee from sin. Flee from sin. Flee from death. Flee from hell. Flee to God. Through Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the eternal Son of God, who took upon Himself the additional nature of mankind, coming to the likeness of men, Jesus Christ, fully God, fully man, born of the Virgin Mary, crucified for sinners, buried, and resurrected on the third day. Oh, friends, won't you be saved today? Won't you be saved today? You've come out to see the stars on the sidewalk today, and that's lots of fun, I know, my family and I have done it, but friends, the creator of the stars, Jesus Christ, is being preached today. Oh, friends, in God's providence, you're not just hearing about stars on a sidewalk. You're hearing about the creator of the stars, the creator of the cosmos, the creator of all life, the creator of everything, the king of everything, the king of the cosmos, the king of our solar system, the king of planet Earth, the king of America, the king of you, and the king of me. King Jesus. Oh friends, this is a good day. This is a good day. Today may well be the day that God's mercy falls upon you and you bend your knee to your King and you confess Him as Lord and you're saved from your sins. Did you come out from under God's wrath and come beneath His mercy and His grace and His kindness forever through faith in Jesus Christ? No oh, friends, won't you be saved today? Won't you be saved today? Don't continue in your sin. Don't be apathetic today, my friends. Don't hear and then quickly forget and press on thinking this is another street show. Oh, my friends, this is a show, all right? It's a show of God's mercy, of God's love. For God commanded, God commanded that preachers go and preach repentance and faith in Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. This is a show and display of God's mercy, but it's no show, my friends. It's no mere show. We're not looking for money. We're not looking for attention. We're looking for your eternal soul to come beneath the grace of God. We're looking for your eternal soul to be rescued from the wage of sin, which is death and hell. We're looking for your eternal soul to be saved to the uttermost, that you might abide in heaven under God's love 
as a child of God forever. Because, friends, this life is fleeting. We were all once so young. Some of you are still pretty young. But we were all once so young. And then that first wrinkle comes, that first gray hair. And you start to lose hair. And oh my, you put a hat on, right? Cover that thing up. Friends, life is brief. It's like a vapor. It appears and it quickly dissipates. Your life is frail. It's brief and it's precious. It's precious. Your eternal soul is precious, my friends. Don't die in your sin. Don't die in your sin. Look to Jesus Christ, the one name under heaven, given among men, by which you must be saved. Won't you be saved today, my friends? Won't you be saved today? Don't continue in your sins. Look unto Jesus and be saved. Let's, let's consider together John's Gospel, chapter 3, verse 18. John 3, 18. It says, He who believes in Him, that's Jesus, He, you, me, anyone, red, yellow, black, white, we're all sinners in God's sight, He who believes upon Him is not condemned. Isn't that fantastic news? Did you hear that? He who believes on Him is not condemned. If anyone believes upon Jesus Christ, fully God, fully man, crucified for sinners, buried and resurrected on the third day, they are not condemned. That's incredibly good news. But friends, it continues. It says, He who does not believe upon Him is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Again, there are only two categories. The saved and the damned. There are only two categories. The not condemned and the already condemned. Oh friends, if you're outside of faith in Jesus Christ, you're already condemned. It's not a question, it's a certainty. You're already condemned. Out of love for your precious soul, I counsel you, I urge you, flee to Jesus Christ, because he who believes in him is not condemned. He who does not believe is condemned already. Have you believed, sir? Have you believed upon Christ, ma'am? If you have, then you're not condemned. If you've not, you're condemned already. God bless. You're condemned already, my friends. I don't want that for you. I don't want that for you. Come out from under condemnation. And hear me, this is no condemnation to consider lightly. It's not like the police turn the lights on in your rearview mirror and you might get away, right? You've got an accelerator. You just hit that accelerator and you might get away. You might escape the police. They won't condemn you because they can't catch you. Even if they catch you, you might escape, right? Well, friends, there is no escaping the condemnation of God. God is omnipotent. God created the cosmos, every atom in the cosmos, every part of every atom in the cosmos. They all answer to Him. Every atom that makes up your being answers to your Creator. You won't escape the condemnation of God unless you flee to Jesus Christ. Sometimes I talk to people and they say, well, I'll deal with God when I, when I die. I'll stand before Him and I'll, I'll give Him what for. Oh, friends, that's ridiculous. That's a fool's bargain there. Repent, my friends. Turn from that folly. Turn from that foolishness. He who believes in Him is not condemned. Don't be condemned. Believe upon Him. He who does not believe is condemned already. Hallelujah is the right response. It is indeed. Because he who believes in Him is not condemned. But he who does not believe is condemned already, my friends. Already condemned. Already under the wrath. One breath, one moment from the wrath of God eternally. Most people have the idea of scales. And in their mind, they think that their life is put on scales. And on one side of the scales are their good deeds. On the other side of the scale 
are their bad deeds, and as long as their good deeds outweigh their bad deeds, they'll be okay when they die. Here's the bad news, my friends. Here's the bad news. Our sin has corrupted all of our deeds. If there were cosmic scales upon which our deeds were set, the bad side would be to the floor. There would be nothing on the good side of the scale. Isaiah chapter 64 verse 6 says this, God's holy word. It says that all of our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. Do you understand that, gentlemen? Your righteousnesses are filthy rags. You need an alien righteousness. You need a righteousness that is outside of yourself. I don't mean alien like green men from Mars. I mean alien like foreign to you, outside of you. You need the righteousness of Christ, the perfect holiness of Christ imputed unto you. And I have good news, that's available to you. Through faith in Jesus Christ, His righteousness is imputed to you. Your sin is imputed or placed upon Him. And He pays your sin debt in full, which is what He pronounced upon the cross at Golgotha 2,000 years ago, right before He died. It is finished! He bowed His head. He gave up His spirit. He finished paying the debt of sin on behalf of every man, woman, and child who will repent, meaning see their sin as God sees it and turn from it. Repent and confess Jesus Christ as Lord. Oh, friends, don't die in your sins today. Don't die in your sins. There's mercy available. There's forgiveness available through Jesus Christ. Look to Him in faith. Look to Him in hope. Look to Him, my friends. And Him alone. Him alone. Friends, Jesus is not a God to be added to the mix of your gods. You can add nothing to Jesus. You can add nothing to His finished work. You must come to Jesus alone. For salvation is by grace alone, through faith alone, in Jesus Christ alone, for the glory of God alone, according to the Scriptures alone. You must come to Jesus alone, friends, in faith alone. It's not faith plus your works. Your works cannot save you. Now James, James, the book of James, rightly says that faith without works is dead. Because genuine faith in Jesus Christ as Lord means you will serve Jesus Christ as Lord. You want to honor Jesus Christ as Lord. Faith without works is dead. James goes on to say, you believe, oh great. Even demons believe and shudder. Some people don't have, don't have even the faith of a demon. The demons know their God exists. The demons know they're going to be called to account. Therefore they shudder. They quake before Him. Yet they're rebels still. Oh, friends, we must repent of our sin. We must confess Jesus Christ as Lord, as Romans 10, 9 says. If anyone, anyone, red, yellow, black, white, if anyone will confess Jesus Christ as Lord and believe in their heart that God has raised Him from the dead, they shall be saved. Anyone. Roller skaters, filmers, movie stars, Spider-Man, Batman, I haven't seen him yet, Superman, average, tourists, all of us, friends, we're all sinners, red, yellow, black, and white. We have all sinned in God's holy sight. Romans 3.23, God's Word. It says we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23, the wage of sin is death. What we earn in our sin every day. Every day we work hard in our sin. We lie, we lust, we blaspheme, we hate. The wage of sin is death. And friends, God is a just wage payer. He will pay us our wage. The wage of sin is death and death eternal. But friends, Jesus Christ is life. He is life. And He's come to give life and life abundant to sinners. To sinners. 
But we must admit that we're sinners. We must confess our sin. We must turn from our sin and confess Jesus Christ as Lord. 1 Timothy 1.15 1 Timothy 1.15 in God's Word says this. Hear this. This is important. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance, universal acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Oh friends, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Oh friends, won't you be saved? That's why Christ came. Jesus didn't come to establish religion. A do this, do that, work your way to heaven religion. Jesus came to save sinners. Every day of his life, from his, from his birth to his death, he was marching toward Golgotha, marching toward the cross, to lay down his life and to take it up again. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Oh yes, he did, sir. Don't deny your Savior, sir. Don't deny the Lord. Don't deny the King. Don't die in your sin as a blasphemer, sir. Without Christ, you have no truth. Without Christ, you have no hope. Without Christ, you have descend into absurdity, sir. Oh, friends, flee from sin. Flee from despair. Flee from the wage of sin, which is death. Flee to the sweet Savior, the Lamb of God, who came into the world to save sinners. The Creator came into His creation to save rebel creatures like you and me, friends. That's the good news of the Gospel. As John's Gospel, chapter 1, verse 1 says this, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were created through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory. The glory as of that of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Oh, oh, friends, Jesus is full of grace and truth. Jesus, the Word, was in the beginning. In the beginning was the Word. He was pre-existent, everlasting, ever lasting, eternally God the Son, the second person of the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, one God, one essence, three persons. Even as we see in Genesis chapter 1, very first chapter, very first chapter of the Bible, it says, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. In Genesis 1.1, and friends, it was God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit who created the heavens and the earth and all life in it. We are creatures. We're accountable to our Creator. In Genesis 1.26, God said this, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit said this in Genesis 1.26, let us Make man in our image. Us, man, our image. Mankind are created in the image of God. Man, woman, created in the image of God. Genesis 1.27 says, male and female, he created them. Friends, there are two genders. A lot of confusion today about that. There are two genders, male and female. God created male and female. And we're accountable to him. We can rebel if we want. But our rebellion will be cut short as it is appointed once to die and after this, the judgment, my friends. And we will all stand before God as sinners, whether we're heterosexual sinners or homosexual sinners or bisexual sinners or asexual sinners. We're all sinners before a holy God. We've lied, we've lusted, we've hated, we've stolen. And so, friends, I counsel you, I urge you out of love, repent, repent, repent. 
Repent. Turn from your sin. Turn from your sin. Turn to the Savior. The sweet Savior. The fullest manifestation of the love of God, young man. Jesus Christ. Turn to Him and live. Turn to Jesus Christ and live. You guys are young, but soon you'll be dead. Life is short. Life is short, my friends. It's very brief. It's like a vapor. It appears in the morning and it quickly dissipates under the burning sun. Oh, won't you be saved today? Won't you turn to the full manifestation of God's love today? John 3.16, perhaps the most popular Bible in all the verse. Do you know it? Does anyone know John 3.16? Here it is. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's John 3.16, my friends. Perhaps the most popular verse in all the Bible. You can often see placards held up, signs held up at football games, baseball games. John 3.16. They want you to go home and open the Word of God. They want you to open the Word of God that you might behold the hope of salvation. For God so loved the world. God so loved the world, not because we were lovable. No, we're, we're sinners, my friends. We have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Romans Excuse me, Revelation 21.8 gives us a list of sins. The cowardly, unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall inherit the lake of fire, which is the second death. And nevertheless, John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world. God in His love has made a way of escape. He's made a way of mercy. You do not have to perish in your sins. You don't have to spend eternity in the lake of fire under the wrath of God. Because while God is a just judge and angry with the wicked every day, and He will judge sinners in hell forever, God is also a merciful God, a loving God. He's made a way of escape. He's made a way of forgiveness. And it's through repentance. It's through faith in Jesus Christ. For God so loved the world. Red, yellow, black, and white, we're all sinners in God's sight. All of us, my friends. All of us. We've all sinned. And yet God so loved the world. He gave His only begotten Son, Jesus Christ. God the Father sent God the Son, the eternal Son of God, everlasting to everlasting, Alpha and Omega, beginning and end. Jesus Christ, the second person of the Trinity. Jesus, the creator of the cosmos, the creator of this planet, the creator of you and the creator of me, as John 1, 1 says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He created all things, and without Him nothing was made. It was made, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory. The glories of that to the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Again, John 3.16, For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son. He sent His Son, the eternal Son of God, into this world through the womb of the Virgin Mary, the virgin-born Son. Emmanuel, God with us. Matthew 1.23 Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, sinners like you, sir, and you, miss, and you, ma'am, and you, sir. We have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Yet God in His love and His amazing grace and His kindness gave His Son, sent His Son to suffer and die for sinners. Jesus was born that He might die. There's Christmas so there might be a cross. So there might be Easter, the resurrection of Christ, the conquering of sin and death. Oh friends, look to Christ and be saved. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believes in Him 
whosoever, red, yellow, black, white, American, Canadian, African, European, Asian, all tribes, tongues, and nations, my friends, there's one God, one Creator, and one Savior. His name is Jesus. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him should not perish, should not perish, friends, through faith in Christ, should not perish through repentance and confession of Jesus Christ as Lord, should not perish under the just judgment of God in a very real place called hell, under God's judgment forever. As Revelation chapter 20 verse 10 warns, the devil, Satan, was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are, and there they will be tormented forever and ever, day and night. Hell is literal conscious torment forever and ever, day and night. That's where the devil will be, and that's where all men and women who do not repent and come to Christ in faith will be for all eternity, my friends. Turn from your sin. Turn from your sin. Turn from your sin. Turn to Christ and be saved. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believes in Him should not perish, abide unto God's wrath and hell, but have everlasting life. That's what's available to you. Everlasting life if you'll repent. Everlasting life if you'll confess Christ as Lord. Everlasting life if you'll turn to Him and be saved. Oh friends, don't Disdain the grace of God in Christ Jesus. Don't ignore the grace of God in Christ Jesus. Don't think I'll deal with this later. Because friends, later never comes. Do you know? You only ever have now. That's where you live. Now. Right now. That's where you live. Tomorrow never comes. It's always today. Tomorrow will never come. You only always have now. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day to repent. Today is the day to confess Christ as Lord. Today, sir, is the day to be saved. Now, look to Christ and be saved. Don't walk by here for a moment and quickly forget. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day to deal with your sin, with your guilt. Turn, my friends, to Christ. Turn to Jesus, my friend. Be saved. Follow Him. Confess Him as your Lord and be saved. Saved to the uttermost. Heaven forever open. Hell forever shut the repentance and faith in Jesus Christ. Oh, friends, be saved today. Be saved today. Through faith in Jesus Christ. Oh, what amazing good news. What amazing good news there is in Jesus. That's what gospel means, by the way. Good news. Good news. God bless you. Good news, my friends. There's good news that Jesus Christ. There's good news. Jesus didn't come and say, try harder. Try really hard. No, Jesus came and said, Come to me, you who labor. My yoke is easy. He said, Come to me and be saved. In John 14, verse 6, Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Friend, it's, it's a narrow path. It's an exclusive path. But it's the only path that saves. It's the path of life. Jesus said, I am the way, the way to heaven, the way to forgiveness, the way to truth. I am the way and the truth, friends. Without Jesus, your Creator, you don't have truth. You only have opinion, personal opinion, societal opinion, preference. But you have no truth. Without the God of truth, 
you're descending into absurdity and you think this and she thinks that and he thinks this and I feel that and you feel that what's right or wrong without the God who defines right or wrong what's good or evil without the God who defines good or evil why is murder wrong why do you eat chicken but not children why because thou shall not murder that's why that's why why do you eat chicken not children because children are created in the image of God with an eternal soul and chickens are delicious right chicken not children my friends but why because God defines truth without the God of truth Jesus I am the way and the truth Jesus said friends there's nothing to hold you back from eating chicken and children without the God of truth and there are monstrous people who will eat chicken and children it's monstrous let me name one for you Jeffrey Dahmer Jeffrey Dahmer didn't limit himself to chicken. Are you really screaming out for Jeffrey Dahmer, ma'am? Did you really do that? A man who preyed on children and ate them? That's incredibly wicked, ma'am. That shows the human heart. It's, it's tragic. It's tragic. I looked up the name of Jeffrey Dahmer and a woman cries out for him in support. A man who kidnapped children, killed them, and ate them. Friends, that's a tragedy. But it shows the sinful nature of mankind. That we cheer for Jeffrey Dahmer and give the middle finger to the Lord Jesus. We cheer for a man who preys on children and eats them like that woman just did. And yet, give the finger to the name of Jesus Christ, the Savior of sinners. Oh, how tragic. How tragic, my friends. Oh, won't you be saved today? Won't you turn from your sin? Let me ask you this. Why do you sin? Or rather, why are you a sinner? Are you a sinner because you sin? No, friends. It's because you're a sinner that you sin. We are all depraved. Sin owns us. We sin because we're sinners. It owns us. It's in us. As Romans 3 verse 9 says, That none are righteous. No, not one. There is none who understands. There is none who seeks after God. They have all turned aside. They have together become unprofitable. There are none who do good. No, not one. That's the depravity of mankind. Sin owns us. Or as Jeremiah 17.9 says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. How do I know the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked? Because God's true word says it. And because... We evidence it. A woman just walked by and cheered out for Jeffrey Dahmer. Moments before that, a woman walked by and gave the middle finger to the name of Jesus Christ. Oh, friends, we manifest our sin nature. Why do we sin? Because our hearts are sinful. The heart, Jeremiah 17, 9, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. The Lord says, I search the heart. I search the heart, says God, Jeremiah 17.10, even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. God's searching your heart. He's searched it and he has found it to be lustful, to be deceitful, to be hateful, to be blasphemous. And friends, he will give you the fruit. He will give you the wage. Because he's a just judge and he's angry at the wicked every day, my friends. Oh, Flee to the Savior. 
plead to the Savior. Because God is a just judge, friends, you need a Savior. Because God is a just judge, you need someone to take the wrath of God that your sins deserve. And friends, I can't do that. Your priest can't do that. Your father and mother can't do that. Your good buddy can't do that. Only Jesus Christ, the friend of sinners, can take away your sin. Can take the wrath of God that your sins deserve. But you've got to repent, my friends. You've got to turn to your sins. You've got to do what Romans 10, 9 says. It says, if any man, if any one, will confess Jesus Christ as Lord and believe in their heart that God has raised Him from the dead, they shall be saved. They shall be. It's a certainty. It's an absolute. You shall be saved if you confess Christ as Lord. If you believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you shall be saved. Thank you. Yeah, you too. God bless you. Look unto Jesus, my friends, and be saved. Look unto Jesus and come under God's mercy. Look unto Jesus and come under God's love. Look unto Jesus, my friends. Don't be apathetic today. Today is a great day for you. Today you're hearing the name of Jesus. Today your day of apathy is being interrupted. And you're hearing the name of Jesus. Do you know what Jesus means? It means Yahweh saves. It means Yahweh saves. His very name is a declaration of salvation. Well, friends, turn unto Jesus today. How tragic it is that the name of Jesus is so often used as a blasphemy, as a curse word. Men and women get angry and they tie together the name of Jesus with other obscenities. It's blasphemy, my friends. It's a violation of the law of God. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Oh, oh friends, look unto Jesus, your Lord, he is. your King, yes, he is. and your Savior. Yes, he is. God bless you, ma'am. As you repent and confess Him as Lord, as you repent and follow Him as Lord, He's your Lord, your King, and your Savior. But friends, if you'll not repent, if you'll not confess Him as your Lord, He's still your King. He's still your Lord, but He's your judge, not your Savior. Your judge. Revelation 14 warns you, no, sir, you're not okay. No one's okay. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, sir. No one's okay. No, no one's okay. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and the wage of sin is death. Well, friends, look unto Jesus Christ. Look unto Jesus Christ to be saved. For no one is okay outside of faith in Christ. And in Christ, you're not okay. In Christ, you're not okay. In Christ, you're saved. In Christ, you've been given the right to be called a child of God. In Christ, you're a certain citizen of heaven. In Christ, you have confidence of eternal life and abundant life. In Christ, you will dwell under God's love and grace and mercy and kindness as a child of God forever and ever and ever. In Christ, you're not okay. In Christ, my friends, you're saved. In Christ, my friends, you're victorious. In Christ, you have conquered death. In Christ, you've conquered hell. In Christ, you've conquered the devil. In Christ, you have victory. But friends, outside of Christ, you're damned. Outside of Christ, there's no hope. Outside of Christ, you are not okay. Turn, my friends, to Jesus Christ. As John 3.36 says, He who believes on the Son has everlasting life. That's amazing good news. 
He who believes on the Son has everlasting life, man. You have it even now. And he who does not believe the Son, he who does not believe the Son, shall not see life. But the wrath of God abides upon him. Friends, don't die in your sins. You're one breath, one heartbeat, one moment from the wrath of God. Flee to Jesus Christ in faith and be saved. Be saved, my friends, through faith in Jesus Christ. Come beneath God's mercy and love. Turn from your sin. Turn from your lust. Turn from your lies. Do you understand your sins are dragging you down to hell? They're dragging you down to hell, my friends. The sin that you love will drag you to hell and judgment forever. As Revelation 21 verse 8 warns us, but the cowardly, unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake of fire and brimstone, which is the second death. A very real place called hell. Well, friends, I don't want that for you. Your sin is dragging you to hell. You're a moment, a moment, a heartbeat, a breath, from eternal judgment. As Hebrews 9.27 says, it is appointed unto man once to die, and after this the judgment. That appointment's coming for all of us. It's an appointment you cannot cancel. But friends, the Lord Jesus can cancel it. Through repentance and faith, the Lord Jesus will cancel it. As John 3.18 says, he who believes in him is not condemned. He who does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. My friends, believe upon the Son and be saved. Look to Jesus Christ, the way, the truth, and the life, and be saved, my friends. Look to Jesus Christ, and have hell forever shut, heaven forever open. Look unto Jesus Christ. Oh, so you suppress the truth and unrighteousness, unfortunately. We all know our Creator. We all know Him. Everywhere we look, Psalm 19 says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament shows His handiwork. Day into day utter speech. Night into night reveals knowledge. There is no speech or language where He is not heard. Oh, friends, we have all heard. We look out on the macro level with a telescope, and we see the omnipotent power of God in this vast cosmos. And yet, those who want to reject their Creator claim that a, a Big Bang, an unexplained Big Bang, created our cosmos. Friends, where do you get a Big Bang with nothing? Have you heard the, the term ex nihilo nihil fit? Ex nihilo nihil fit, it's Latin. Out of nothing, nothing comes. Without a Creator, you have nothing. The Creator, the infinite, eternal, omnipotent, omniscient God, created everything in a moment. Genesis 1.1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The big bang, friends, is a big lie. Nothing comes from nothing. Ex nihilo nihil fits. Nothing comes from nothing. The eternal creator created everything. The God that you know, the God that in your sin you hate and rebel against, that God, your creator, you're going to stand before and give an account. Oh, friends, turn to him now. Turn to him now. Have you considered the atheistic lie, the Big Bang, and then the secondary lie, evolution, as the explanation for life? Where do you get life from non-life? Do you know there's actually a law, a scientific law, that denies? Don't say no thank you. Say thank you. Say please. Because you need the gospel, sir. And your family does. Your precious family. Oh, no, sir. You need the gospel of Jesus Christ. Don't harden your heart. Turn from sin, sir. 
And so we were talking about the Big Bang, the lie of the Big Bang, and the lie of evolution, and the law. There's a law, right? Evolution is a theory still, because there are laws that it contradicts, scientific laws, like the law of biogenesis. All life comes from life. There are no known exceptions. Do you know that? Do you know that? That's a law, my friends. All life comes from life, no known exceptions. Thus the law of biogenesis. Yet evolution has life spontaneously coming from nothing. And then gaining complexity over vast amounts of time. But friends, that's a fiction. That's called science fiction, not science. Not science, my friends. And the further we look into the genome, that's exactly what science, true science, is confirming. It's confirming that everything procreates after its kind, exactly as Genesis declares. God created animals, God created fish, God created the birds, the air, and the bugs that crawl, and they all procreate after their kind. And there is microevolution, change within species. Yes, God created a flexibility in species to change and adapt to survive within species, but not to change from one species to another. There is no macroevolution, my friends. There's a holy creator God who created the cosmos in an instant. Let there be, excuse me, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, Genesis 1.1. And then he said, let there be light. And there was light. And then he said, let us create man in our image, male and female. He created them, Genesis 1.26. He created the birds, the air, and the fish, and the sea. He created you and he created me, my friends. And of all of God's creatures, only mankind has sinned. Out of all of God's creatures, only mankind has sinned. And we were all sinners before our Creator. But God in His mercy has made a way of salvation. has made a way of forgiveness. And it's through Jesus Christ, His Son, ma'am. It's through Jesus Christ and the good news of Jesus Christ. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. John 3.16 What amazing good news. God did not love the world because we were lovable. Friends, we're sinners. God loved us despite our sin. He loved us despite our lies and our lust and our hatred and our blasphemy. But God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. He sent Jesus Christ, the eternal Son of God. Jesus, fully God, fully man, born of a virgin, crucified for sinners, buried and resurrected on the third day. God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son on a cross upon which He hung between God, the Father, holy, 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 and sinful mankind, bearing the wrath of the Almighty upon Himself on behalf of every man and woman who will repent and confess Him as Lord. He took the fullness of eternal wrath because He is the eternal Son of God. He could take eternity's wrath in six hours, one Friday, 2,000 years ago. Because He is fully man, fully God, fully man, he could die in our place as our substitute, as our kinsman redeemer, taking the wrath of God that our sins deserve as our substitute. Jesus was born Christmas so that He might die and resurrect Easter, conquering sin, Satan, and death on behalf of every man and woman who will repent and come to Him in faith alone. As John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever, red, yellow, black, white, we have all sinned in God's holy sight, whosoever believes shall not perish, but have everlasting life. 
Friends, I beseech you, I urge you, I plead with you, don't perish in your sins. Flee to Jesus Christ in faith and be saved. Don't perish in your sins. There's one name under heaven given among men by which you must be saved. You must be saved. Your sin is dragging you to hell. You must be saved. There is one name under heaven given among men by which you must be saved. The name of Jesus. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Oh friends, that's what I want for you. I want you to have everlasting life. I want you to have abundant life. I want you to have forgiven life. I want you to have a righteous life. I want you to have a joyful life. But friends, sin ruins everything. Sin brings death. Death to your conscience. Death to your psyche. Death to your soul. Death to your marriage. Death to your relationships. Sin brings death. Oh friends, flee from sin. Flee from sin to the Savior. Flee from sin to Jesus. Flee from sin to the mercy of God through faith in Jesus Christ. But friends, what a joy it is to be out here with you today. What a joy to lift up the name of Jesus in your midst. Consider this. What is our estate without Jesus? What is our estate without Jesus? Friends, it's one of certain condemnation. In Psalm chapter 10, in the book of Psalms, chapter 10, describes some of you, my friends. I say this out of love. Hear this. Psalm 10 verse 4. The wicked in his proud countenance does not seek God. God is in none of his thoughts. Psalm 10 verse 4. The wicked in his proud countenance does not seek God. God is in none of his thoughts. That's the Word of God, my friends, and it describes far too many of you, I'm sad to say. The wicked in his proud countenance does not seek God. God is in none of his thoughts. It is wicked to be apathetic towards your Creator. It is wicked not to seek God. It is wicked not to think on, dwell on, and glory in the glories of your Creator. The wicked in their proud countenance, in their arrogance, in their foolishness, they make themselves to be their own gods. And they think only of serving themselves, of honoring themselves, of bringing praise upon themselves. The wicked in their proud countenance do not seek God. God is in none of their thoughts. Oh, friends, repent. Repent. Turn to Jesus Christ and become the righteous. Become the righteous with God in your thoughts through faith in Jesus Christ. Become the righteous with Christ's own righteousness imputed unto you through faith. The wicked and their proud countenance do not seek God. God is in none of their thoughts. Oh, may God interrupt your wickedness. May God interrupt your apathy. May God turn you in repentance unto faith in Jesus Christ. 
that God would be the center of your thoughts, that God would be the center of your life through faith in Jesus Christ, and that you would no longer be the wicked, that you would be the righteous, the righteous, not with your own righteousness, for you have none. As Isaiah 64, 6 says, all of our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. God bless you, sir. God bless you. All of our righteousnesses are filthy rags. But friends, Christ's righteousness is available to you. Christ's own perfect righteousness is available. Christ's righteousness can become yours, imputed unto you, placed upon you. So when the Father looks upon you with His holy gaze, He won't see your sin. He'll see the perfect righteousness of Christ. That's what happens when the wicked, by the grace of God, repent. When the wicked, by the grace of God, confess Christ as Lord. Christ's own perfect righteousness is placed upon you. Christ's fulfillment of all righteousness is placed upon you. Christ's fulfillment of God's law perfectly is placed upon you. So when the Father looks upon you, He only sees perfect righteousness, the alien righteousness of Jesus Christ. Received by grace alone, through faith alone, in Jesus alone. You receive His righteousness and He takes your sin and He pays the debt upon the cross pronouncing die, it is finished. He pays the debt in full. He removes your sin as far as the east is from the west. He takes the fullness of the wrath, the eternal wrath, that your sins deserve. One sin, any sin, all your sin, is against an eternal holy God, and thus it's worthy of eternal judgment. And Jesus Christ, the eternal Son of God, came to take the eternal wrath of the Almighty Father on behalf of all those who will see their sin as God sees it and turn from it, repent, and confess Christ as Lord. Oh, friends, come out of the category of the wicked. The wicked who in their proud countenance do not seek God. God is in none of their thoughts. Psalm 10, verse 4. Become the righteous through faith in Jesus Christ. Become the righteous through faith in Jesus Christ who then contemplate God, dwell upon God, worship God, seek God and serve God, walk in the light of God's Word. Oh friends, be the wicked no more. How do you know if you're the wicked? The wicked in their proud countenance do not seek God. Friends, you must seek God. The God, your God, your Creator. The God of Genesis 1-1 who in the beginning created the heavens and the earth. The God of John 1.1, the Word, who was with God and was God, who created all things, without whom nothing was made that was made, the Word who became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory. The glory is the bath of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Oh, friends, you must flee to God through the Son of God, Jesus Christ, the eternal Son of God, Jesus Christ, the only Savior. Flee to Him, my friends. Flee to Him in faith. And come beneath God's mercy, come beneath God's love, come beneath God's grace now and forever, friends. Come out of the category of the wicked. The wicked and their proud countenance do not seek God. God is in none of their thoughts. Psalm 10, 4. Psalm 10, verse 4. The wicked and their proud countenance do not seek God. Friend, are you seeking God? Are you seeking God? If you're not, then you're amongst the wicked. The damned. As Psalm 9 verse 7 says, the wicked shall be turned into hell. 
Psalm 9, verse 7, the wicked shall be turned into hell. In Psalm 10, verse 13, it says, why did the wicked renounce God? Why? Why did the wicked renounce God? He has said in his heart, you will not require an account. Why do wicked men and women renounce God, reject God, blaspheme God? Because they say in their hearts, he's not going to hold us accountable. He's not going to hold us accountable, but friends, that's a lie. Because Psalm 9, 7, God's true word says, the wicked shall be turned into hell. Wookieism pays good. Look at that. That's a good gig going there. Yeah. <laughs> Make sure you tithe. Just teasing. So my friends, it's been a joy, a pleasure to be with you today to preach the name of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, King of Kings, Lord of Lords, your Lord, my Lord, the Lord of the cosmos, the Lord of our solar system, the Lord of planet Earth, the Lord of every man, woman, and child. Romans 10.9 says, if you'll confess Jesus Christ as Lord, you will be saved. Revelation 14 warns you, if you deny Him, the smoke of your eternal torment will ascend forever and ever before Him. Jesus will either be your Lord and Savior, or He will be your Lord and Judge. But you all will have a relationship with Jesus Christ. You're either a rebel against Him, who will be called to account and cast into hell, or you are a servant of Him by grace alone, through faith alone, in Him. Oh friends, receive Him as your Savior. He is your Lord. He is your King. Receive Him as your Savior. He is your Creator. He is your Master. Receive Him as your Savior. Confess Him as your Lord. And be saved. I'd be happy to talk with any one of you. We'll be here for just a few minutes. It's been a joy to lift up the name of Jesus here in Hollywood. God bless you. Want to see you in heaven one day? Look unto Jesus, my friends. Follow Him. He alone is the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father, meaning heaven, except by Him. For there's one name under heaven given among men by which you must be saved. It's the name of Jesus Christ. Be saved. Be saved through Jesus Christ. <laughs> Dr. Dalcourt, right on time. God bless you. How you doing?